Yo, what is going on everyone? My name is Nick or The Notorious Fantasy and in today's video, we're we'll going in depth into my top 20 quarterback and tight end rankings for week number 14 of the 2023 fantasy football season. But before we could get on into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure that you do leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. So without further ado, let's get into my week number 14 top 20 quarterback and tight end rankings for the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin with the S tier at the quarterback position at number one with Jalen Hurts of the Philadelphia Eagles going up against the Dallas Cowboys in Jerry's world. Now, Jalen Hurts has honestly been, in my opinion, the most consistent quarterback in all of fantasy football. Outside of week number one, he has been a top 12 quarterback every single week. Last week, he was the quarterback six against the 49ers. The week prior, he was the quarterback number two. Jalen Hurts is in a spot here where I think this could be one of the highest if not the highest scoring games of the week. Now, I know there is some worries about Jalen Hurts' health. Like, we all know damn well he's not going out there at 100 or even 95%. But at the end of the day, if they get close to the goal line, you already know what's coming. It's going to be a tush-push fucking four times in a row until they get into the end zone. Jalen Hurts, any given game, could score five fucking touchdowns because of that going up against Dallas. Again, this game has all the makings of being a tit-for-tat, high-scoring, rock'em, sock'em, robots affair. So I love Jalen Hurts this week at number two. We got the other quarterback in this game, and that's Dickie Dak Prescott, Dakota Prescott going up against the Eagles. Dak Prescott's season is essentially a tale of two halves. Prior to the bye week, he was the quarterback 29, 17, 19, 19, 25, and one. After the bye week, quarterback 3, 2, 1, 3, 2, 1, 17, 3, and 3. Dak Prescott has been another one of the most consistent quarterbacks in fantasy football, especially coming out of the bye. Well, he actually was consistent earlier on in the season. He was consistently shit. So recently he has ditched throwing a bunch of interceptions. He's thrown three, four, and two touchdowns over the last three weeks with zero interceptions. Last time up against the Eagles, he was the quarterback two. He had 28 fantasy points, and I think he finishes as the quarterback two yet again. At number three, we got Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills going up against the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. Now, don't ask Sean McDermott what his game plan is for this week because he might say something absolutely crazy, but what I do know is going to happen is that this is a must-win game game for the Buffalo Bills. And even in a losing effort up against the Philadelphia Eagles, Josh Allen went straight up nuclear. Now he is on a very long streak of throwing at least one interception every game. But if you throw one interception and then you throw for three touchdowns or you throw for two touchdowns and you rush in a touchdown and throw for 300 yards, then it doesn't fucking matter. Now the Chiefs defense has definitely looked a bit softer as of recently. Josh Allen, currently the quarterback one on the year. You would be very, very dumb to rank Josh Allen outside side of the S tier this week. Moving to the A tier quarterbacks four and five. At number four, we have Patrick Mahomes. Now I did heavily debate between Mahomes and Tua on who should be the quarterback four and ultimately landed on Mahomes. But again, 
when players are in the same tier, there's an argument to be made that, hey, Josh Allen could be the QB one or, hey, Tua could be the quarterback four instead of the quarterback five. They're very similar in my mind. So Mahomes going up against the Bills. Now, Mahomes is going to be without Isaiah Pacheco this week, which means that we're going to see a lot more Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as well as Jarek McKinnon. I think that means also that we're going to be seeing a lot of dump-offs to Mr. Jarek McKinnon, which could help out Patrick Mahomes a ton. This has been a down year for Mahomes as a whole. He just has not looked great. The weapons there being kind of dog shit definitely hurts. Besides Travis Kelsey, Rashi Rice, and Mr. Pacheco, things haven't been the best. Up against the Bills defense, I think this game could be another high-scoring one again. While Pat Mahomes may have bent us over the table a couple of times this season, are you really going to sit Mahomes? And the answer to that is... Fuck no, baby. At number five, we got Tua Tungabailoa going up against the Tennessee Titans at home in Miami. The Tennessee Titans may genuinely have one of the worst defenses in the National Football League. I expect Tua Tungabailoa to throw at least two touchdowns in this game as well as over 250 yards. There's a chance in this spot he throws for four or five touchdowns if he just dumps it off to Mostert or to Devin a chain a bunch of times as well. Again, the matchup up against the Titans will make your mouth salivate. It is a wet dream matchup for Mr. Us Tua Tungavailoa, head of the table. Acknowledge him. Shout out Roman Reigns. So Tua is my quarterback five in the A tier. Now we move into a more juicy tier, right? There's a lot more quarterbacks in here. Quarterback six through 10. Now Lamar Jackson was dealing with a bit of an illness on Thursday, but he returned to practice on Friday. Now Lamar Jackson without Mark Andrews typically in his career has really struggled. Last time out against the Chargers, a pretty shit defense. He was the quarterback 14 on the week with fewer than 200 passing yards and just one touchdown up against the Rams in a game with potentially bad weather does scare me a little bit. But as of right now, it's a light rain shower, seven mile an hour winds. I don't think that will affect Lamar too much. If anything, if it rains a little bit more, then maybe he'll just run the ball more. Now, the biggest knock against Lamar Jackson right now doesn't even have to do with Mark Andrews. Obviously, it sucks that he's not there. We would rather have him there. But at the end of the day, what's actually wrong with Lamar is the fact that the team is able to run the rock so effectively in the red zone with Gus Bus, Keaton Mitchell, Justice Hill, which leads to Lamar passing the ball less in the red zone, which hurts his stats. At the end of the day, though, just like Patrick Mahomes, are you ever going to bury Lamar Jackson in the rankings unless he's playing up against the 85 goddamn Bears? Lamar's going to be a top 10 quarterback in my rankings. At number seven, we got big cock Brock Purdy going up against the Seattle Seahawks. Now, last week up against the Eagles, Brock Purdy Hulk smashed the Philadelphia Eagles over 300 passing yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, something light for Mr. Brock Purdy. The last game prior to that was on Thanksgiving. And while the rest of the 49ers were eating fucking turkey, they had an apple pie, they had a pecan pie, they had everything. You know, the whole goddamn smorgasbord, the charcuterie board, everything. In that game, which was an absolute ass whooping, I might add, Brock Purdy had 11 fantasy points. So while I've talked a bunch this season about how the Seattle Seahawks defense is fraudulent, and I think that Brock Purdy, a lot of quarterbacks could take them to pound town, I do worry that if Geno Smith doesn't get it up here, if he comes out here limp dick, then the 49ers are just rolling and there's a lot of running. And then Brock Purdy kind of gets cucked out of fantasy points like Adam 22. But at the end of the day, when push comes to shove, 
You can't just assume that's going to happen. You have to assume that maybe this is a little bit closer because Gino's a little bit more healthy, and that could lead to a high-scoring game where Brock Purdy could be a top-five quarterback. At number eight, we have Justin Fields going up against the Detroit Lions. Last time these two teams played, Justin Fields was the quarterback number eight, and that's exactly where I've got him ranked this week. Now, in that game, he struggled a bit in terms of passing because they didn't really throw the ball a bunch. Just 23 passing attempts, 16 completions, 169 yards, but he made up for it with having 18 carries for 104 yards and one total touchdown. The Lions defense is a complete and utter laughing stock at this point in the season, so Justin Fields should be a lock to be a top 10 quarterback. At number nine, we have Justin Herbert, the pervert of the LA Chargers going up against the Denver Broncos, up against the Patriots last week in the rain. Justin Herbert was atrocious. 22 of 37 for 212 yards, negative five rushing yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Now he goes up against yet another tough defense in the Denver Broncos. And if the Broncos just put PS2, Patrick Sertain, on Keenan Allen, then Justin Herbert might serve us yet another stinker of a performance. At the end of the day, though, I do think he will bounce back and have a decent day. Hopefully Eckler wakes up, does some smelling salts before the game because that guy looks dead in the game like he's running in fucking slow motion like he's in a Matrix movie. So Justin Herbert, I expect to bounce back. But again, I'm not as confident as I was just a couple of weeks ago when he was essentially a lock to be a top eight quarterback. At number 10, we have Jordan Love Me Tender, Love Me Sweet of the Green Bay Packers going up against the New York football giants in MetLife on Monday night. Three straight weeks inside the top nine at quarterback. And I definitely had an argument with the devil, the angel on my shoulder. We talk about this a lot. Herbert versus Love. Ultimately, I feel like Herbert has to bounce back. So I pushed Herbert above. But if you want to play Jordan Love over Herbert, I'm not going to sit here and fucking argue with you in the comment section for six hours or something. So Jordan Love has been on fire. Losing Christian Watson definitely will suck. But still having Romeo Dobbs. They also have, obviously, Jaden Riley Reed. They've got Tucker Kraft Mac and Cheese. They've got a decent amount of weapons out there. Obviously not the biggest names, but against the Giants defense, you don't need Randy Moss, Calvin Johnson, um, Justin Jefferson, Tyreek out there, right? You just need a couple of scrubs and you can get it done. So Jordan Love feels like a pretty safe bet to be a top 10 quarterback. All these quarterbacks from the S tier to the B tier, you feel pretty good with. I get that there's reasons to worry about Justin Herbert, but at the end of the day, when you put him in your lineup, you're not like shivering or something, right? But as we get deeper and deeper into the rankings, there starts to be a lot more things to worry about. At number 11, we got the Golfinator, Jared Goff. Now, going up against the Chicago Bears is an A1 steak sauce matchup for a quarterback. This is a wet dream matchup, a red panty night for Mr. Jared Goff with his supermodel girlfriend slash wife who has massive honkers. I don't know if anyone, you know, I'm not trying to just be a pervert on this fucking video, right? Nick, you fucking sex pervert or something, right? But everyone's seen that video, right? When Jared Goff won his first game as a Detroit Lion and like his girlfriend's on the beach taking pictures like for Sports Illustrated and she's like jumping up and down. Everyone's fucking seen that video. Maybe you've seen it a couple times. If you know, you know. But Jared Goff, the Goffinator going up against the Bears. This is a great spot. But the problem with Jared Goff, and we've talked about this a bunch, so I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but Jared Goff is... A great quarterback, a good quarterback. You know, whatever you want to say about him, I'm not going to get on my knees and give him the Gawk Gawk 9000 special, but he's not dog shit, right? Like a lot of people thought he would be. The problem here is that they have such an effective rushing attack that it does limit Jared Goff to like two touchdowns max a game. Now, 
We do know that the Bears defense is good against the run again. I think David Montgomery as well as Jameer Gibbs will have no issue. But if they do, that could lead to Goff throwing for more touchdowns. So he feels like a safe bet to be anywhere from like quarterback 10 to 14. But I don't think his upside really is top five, top five, top five anymore. Unless, you know, a couple of the other quarterbacks shit the bed and then he's able to just have a better performance because of that. At number 12, we got Mr. Unlimited going up against the LA Chargers in LA. Russell Wilson was a turnover machine last week, but he kind of negated that by throwing two touchdowns, rushing for 44 yards. Sure, he threw three picks, and a lot of the other quarterbacks didn't have great games, but hey, he was still a top 12 quarterback last week, marking two games in a row as a top 12 quarterback, and three out of the last four games as a top 12 quarterback. I love this spot against the Chargers. So Russell Wilson feels kind of good as a C-tier quarterback. At number 13, we got C.J. Stroud. Now, if this game wasn't potential to have a lot of rain or heavy wind, right? I'm not really worried about the rain right now. It says light rain. But 17-mile-an-hour winds is where we start to worry, right? When it's like 10-mile-an-hour winds, it's okay. And once it gets like 15, and once it gets like 23, you're like, holy fuck. He throws the ball and the shit's doing the fucking nay-nay up in the air, right? So C.J. Stroud going up against the Jets. This is already a bad matchup. Now you match it with the weather. Normally, C.J. Stroud's ranked a lot higher than this, but for this week, quarterback 13 feels fine. At number 14, we got the pastronaut Joshua Dobbs going up against the Las Vegas Raiders in Viva Las Vegas. Now, Joshua Dobbs, prior to the bye week, just laid a dud. He took a shit on America's chest, making us watch the Bears versus the Vikings in prime time. One touchdown, four interceptions, and I know the Josh Dobbs supporters, the Josh Dobbs dick riders are going to be in the comments. Nick, don't you know that a couple of those interceptions weren't his fault? It bounced off the receiver. It did a bunch of 360s like it was playing Call of Duty and then uh, landed in the DB's hands. I know. I know, but you can't throw four. Can't throw four. It's fucking inexcusable. And it was a bad game. He looked bad. What they tried to do is turn Josh Dobbs into a pocket passer. He was sitting in there reading the fucking defense. No, what you want Josh Dobbs to do is get the ball. If the first read isn't open, he runs like a chicken with his head cut off and makes a great play. He might run the ball. He might throw a deep ball, right? But now he's got Justin Jefferson back. So I am a lot more confident in Dobbs now. But I think if Dobbs lays a stinker again, that his time as the starting quarterback in Minnesota might be... Might be uh, kind of donezo. Next up, we move to the D tier. This is officially where you're like, things are starting to get bad. Now, at number 15, I actually like Gardner a decent amount. But after Gardner, it starts to get really dicey. I consider putting Gardner up there with the other guys. But we know how Gardner Minshew works. Gardner Minshew is one of those guys that is very hot or cold. And if Gardner Minshew comes out cold here, this could be a disaster. This is a game where it's projected to be a little bit cold, a little nippy. 39 degrees with an overcast. Now, the wind isn't projected to be crazy, so as long as the, the rain isn't insane in the membrane, Gardner Minshew should be all right in this spot. Now, again, I mentioned the ups and downs, the cold, the hot, like a fucking Shaq Icy Hot commercial because we've seen it over the last four games. Quarterback 12 and 13 over the last two weeks, but prior to the bye, quarterback 27 and 22. So we all can acknowledge that Gardner Minshew, I've made this joke before, he's a lot like Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? There's the Fitz magic, and there's the Fitz tragic, right? Gardner Minshew's got a little bit of that magic as well, right? Where there's some games where he goes out there, he looks fucking unstoppable, right? Then there's other games where he goes out there, and he looks like he can't read a defense worth jack shit. 
So Gardner Minshew against the Bengals, good spot for him. I like him, but he can't be ranked higher because I know that his points fluctuate so heavily weekly. At number 16, we got Baker Mayfield of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going up against the Atlanta Falcons in Hotlanta. Now, Baker's another one of those guys that's kind of hot or cold. Recently, over the last three weeks, he's been fucking freezing like he's in an igloo, chilling with a puffle in Club Penguin. Going up against the Falcons is a fine spot for him. But while I think top 10 is possible, feels more like quarterback 14 to 20 kind of range for him. And that's what he's been over the last three weeks. At number 17, we got Derek Carr. Now, Derek Carr is that guy that gets shot in a movie and he gets back up, right? Gets shot again and he gets back up. And he's been shot like a million times, right? He's taken a million shots to the chest. He's like fucking Tug Speedman in Tropic Thunder. And he just keeps moving along, right? That's Derek Carr. This motherfucker's been concussed twice in four weeks. And he's probably going to play on Sunday. He practiced again on Friday. Now, it is not a guarantee. It is not a lock that he plays because he still has to clear concussion protocol. Let's be honest with you. The NFL treats certain players differently. We all know that. So Derek Carr, even with two concussions, fucking a month, I don't think. Now, again, Nick, you're not a doctor. What are you, why are you acting like a doctor? I know I'm not a doctor. I'm a fucking guy who talks about fantasy football on the internet, right? I'm not the sharpest knife in the cupboard there, bud. But doesn't make a lot of sense. If he does play, because it's the Panthers, he'll be fine. But I don't really expect a mouth-watering game out of Derek Carr. Number 18, we got Geno Smith of the Seattle Seahawks going up against the Niners in San Fran. Like we hinted about a little bit earlier when these two teams played, when we were talking about Brock Purdy two weeks ago on Thanksgiving, Geno Smith did not look like himself at all. 18 of 27 for 180 yards, 20 rushing yards, one interception. Last week, he looks fully healthy, though. Four touchdowns, one INT up against the Cowboys. His best game of the year by far. He looked like the Geno Smith from last season. Let's see what happens here, right? Will Geno be able to perform up against a great defense? Or will he kind of slump down into the chair? Have you guys ever seen those don't smoke weed commercials or whatever where the guys like slump down into the chair? If you know, you know. Like maybe if you're out my age, you'd remember that from when you were younger. but. Going up against the Niners is tough. Against the Eagles, the Titans the next two weeks. Jeff's kiss, Manu Fweek. Gino's going to be a guy that I'm targeting, but against the Niners, he's closer to like the fuck. I don't really want to start him range. And number 19, we got Jake Browning. I considered putting Browning over Gino Smith, if we're being honest with you. Jake Browning looked surgical last week, right? Put on the goddamn gloves. And if it, the glove doesn't fit, we must acquit. Two tugs, zero interceptions, 350 plus passing yards, 22 rushing yards. Great matchup against the Colts, but again, you are kind of buying into a Cinderella story, and not every Cinderella story ends too well. To close out the quarterback rankings in the E tier, we got Matthew Snapback, Matthew Stafford going up against the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. Before we talk about Matthew Stafford, though, as well as the tight end rankings that we're about to get into, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play NFL Pick'em in the whole entire universe, and today, Underdog Fantasy has a great offer for you guys that I'm going to be talking about in just a couple of seconds, but first, I want to explain to you guys how the Underdog Pick'em game works. So, you're going to have to pick a minimum of two players from at least two different teams. So, we're going to be talking about the Bills at the Chiefs game here. You don't have to pick from the same game. You could do one player from the Chiefs, a player from the Broncos, a player from the Niners, Vikings, right? so on and so forth. So we're just going to be talking about two players here from the Bills-Chiefs game. We are going to first go with Mr. 
Dalton Kincaid higher than 37 and a half receiving yards. I do think even with Dawson Knox potentially back, Dalton Kincaid should still easily go higher than 37 and a half receiving yards. And then we are going to match that with Rashi Rice higher than 53 and a half receiving yards. If both these picks hit, we will receive three times our entry fee. If you do three picks, it's six times, four picks is 10 times and five picks is 20 times your entry fee. Obviously all of the picks have to hit for you to get paid out. If you live in one of the states on your screen right now, and use promo code Notorious. If you are new, you'll receive a first match deposit bonus of up to $100. So you deposit $100. They give you additional $150, additional $50. The minimum deposit on Underdog Fantasy is $10. If you have a gambling problem, make sure you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on into things here, Matthew Stafford. Now I already know there's a lot of Stafford Knights in the comment section. Holy fuck, Nick, you've been wrong about Stafford two weeks in a row. You thought he'd suck ass two weeks in a row and he's been a top eight quarterback in back-to-back -back weeks. I know. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, can't get fooled again. He might fool me three times, right? But I don't think so against the Ravens in a game projected to have some fucked up weather, maybe. So, we'll see. I don't think he's going to do it against this great of a defense, but he just did it against the Browns. But again, I don't trust it. Now we move to the tight end rankings here at number one with, bitch, you guessed it. Tight end number one, Travis Kelsey. We got Taylor Swift's boyfriend here. Mr. Swift, Travis Kelsey. Now, Travis Kelsey is just a set it and forget it tight end. Top eight tight end basically every single week. He's had two somewhat down games this season, but again, up against the Bills, he's obviously the tight end number one, right? We don't have to sit here for an hour fucking explaining why you need to play Kelsey. At number two, we got Hawkinson, another guy that we don't need to sit here for a long time explaining why we like Hawkinson so much. He's the tight end number one on the season despite only scoring five touchdowns. And despite the fact that, again, the Vikings had a game that was a disaster up against the Bears prior to the bye week, TJ Hawkinson was still the tight end four with over 15 fantasy points up against the Raiders, a defense that's, uh, uh fuck, what word is that? Damn it. Yeah, sup, I don't know, supple? That's not the correct word. That's like, a, you sound like a fucking pervert using the word supple. A defense that is... For the taking from the tight end. That's what we'll say. There's a definitely another word that I want to use there. But it is what it is. And I'm going to remember it after the video. Be like, Nick, you fucking dumbass. Why didn't you say that word? But right for the taking, the Raiders defense. You got to love Hawk. At number three, we got Sam Laporta going up against the Bears. Last time these two teams played was a bit of a down game for Laporta. But he's been a top three tight end in back-to-back -back weeks. One or more touchdowns in both games. Last week against the Saints, nine of nine for 140 yards and a score. Again, while normally rookie tight ends don't perform this well, Sam Laporta is on fire. At number four, we got George Kittle. Now, George Kittle, we talk about this a bunch, very boom or bust. Last week, he actually had his in the middle game, right? Six targets, four receptions, 68 yards, 11 fantasy points, tight end eight. Normally, he's either like the tight end one through three, laying a pipe for that ass like he's a plumber. Shout out Luigi, right? Or he is having such a bad game that he basically has fucked your week, right? And again, tight ends can't really fuck your week because most teams don't have a great tight end, but he's either going out there and dropping 25 plus or 20 plus, 18 plus, or dropping four, three, six fantasy points, right? Having a really bad game. But this season, he's had a couple of middle of the road games, so maybe he's going to be able to avoid that narrative on him next year. Up against Seattle, this is a great matchup for him. I know he didn't have that great of a game on Thanksgiving. But again, Brock Purdy only threw one touchdown. 
I like George Kittle this time for a revenge game up against Seattle because, again, not balling against them last time probably pisses him off. Next up, we move to the A tier. These are more guys that are must-starts, in my opinion, just a tier down. And number five, we got Fergalicious, Jake Ferguson, going up against the Eagles. Last time these two teams played, Jake Ferguson went crazy. Seven receptions on 10 targets for 91 yards and a touchdown. He has scored one touchdown in one, two, three, four out of the last six games coming out the bye week. Tight end nine on the season. Jake Ferguson, while he was irrelevant, basically, in Dallas last year, has really came into his own up against the Eagles defense. That is very bad against the tight end in a dome. I love me some Jake Ferguson. At number six, we have Easy E. Evan Ingram going up against the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. Now, Trevor Lawrence might play. He might not play. We didn't talk about that in the quarterback section of the video, but let's be honest with you. There is no way in fuck Trevor Lawrence plays. Now, I know, Nick, you're as much of a doctor as Johnny Sins. I know, I know. But to me, there, and if he does play, he's going to be so limited in how he can run the ball, which is what he's done so great recently, to really push him up in fantasy. And up against the Browns' defense, I think that's just a huge risk. Now, obviously, with the playoffs in mind, with them just fumbling away the first uh, round by, I get it, I get it, I get it. But I think even with C.J. Beathard under center, that Ingram should be fine. Nine of nine for 82 yards in a tug. His first touchdown of the season last week. Round of applause for Evan Ingram. This week, maybe he gets another tug. Because, you know, they're going up against the Browns. Deshaun Watson, he loves his tugs. But let's be honest. Again, do I feel as confident in Ingram as normal? No. But are you really going to sit Ingram? Half the fucking plan, even against the Browns. At number seven, we got Dalton Kincaid. Now, Dawson Knox, one time, if you're with me, returning does put a bit of a damper on Dalton Kincaid. Now, Dawson Knox returning doesn't mean that magically you should go out there on the waiver wire, type in Dawson Knox name, add him to your fucking team, because Dawson Knox was a guy that, when healthy, was like a four-target guy a week, and he wasn't doing a lot with it. Ever since Knox went down... Dalton Kincaid has been a fucking baller, shot caller, right? He's been insane in the membrane. He's been cracked, as the kids would say. Tight end ever since week six where he missed. So week seven on. Tight end seven, eight, eight, four, seven, and 12. Could Dawson Knox returning hit Dalton Kincaid with an RKO from out of nowhere? Yes. But I think with how good Kincaid has played, he has earned his role as the tight end numero uno in this offense. Moving now to the B tier. If you guys have enjoyed thus far, make sure you guys smash that subscribe button down below like it owes you money as well as hitting that like button. At number eight, we got Taysom Hill, who's got a question mark right now with a foot and hand injury. Not at practice on Friday. If he's good to go on Sunday, he's going to play. He's not a guy that, to me, needs to fucking practice every single day to get in there. Obviously, him being banged up does concern me. I'm not sitting here like, oh, he's definitely going to play because if you say that, you're fucking crazy unless you just know Taysom Hill personally and you can call him up and ask him, uh, if you do know Taysom Hill personally, let me know in the comments so that uh, I could call him up and have him say, uh, you know how like the fantasy footballers have uh, at the beginning of their videos sometimes, I don't watch a lot of their content anymore because during the season, I'm just locked in as, as my own guy. But in the summer, I do listen to them quite a bit and they have like, Welcome to the Fantasy Footballers Podcast. And it's like some one player's like, hey, my name's my name's fucking Taysom Hill. Welcome to the Notorious Fantasy Podcast, right? Or welcome to Notorious Fantasy. You know how sick that would be? I got to get a player to do that. Some people will pay for like a cameo of a guy. And I'm not paying someone $250 for seven seconds if I want. I wanted to pay someone for 200 Never mind. 
Never mind, never mind. You guys get where that joke was going. But uh, normally I only play women $250 for seven seconds. That's what I meant. But uh, Taysom Hill, I have a fiance, so that's a joke. Nicole, if you're watching, that's a joke. Nick, your fiance's name's Nicole? Yeah. Not made up, trust me. Not my left hand. My go-to. I know everything about you. Old move. Shout out Drake. Um, yeah, back on into what we're talking about, obviously. No fucking need for a dumbass tangent right now. Taysom Hill plays your platinum. We talk about this every week, but the fantasy football tight end position is so volatile, so fragile every week. So why not start the fucker that can throw a touchdown, catch a touchdown, run in a touchdown any given game? You'd be crazy not to. At number nine, I just got blinded, blinded by the light because I clicked off the where I was reading the stats and it fucking flashbangs me. Uh, at number nine, we got David Njoku going up against the Jaguars at home in Cleveland. DTR might play this week. Might be cool, Joe Flacco. Regardless, but DTR would be way better. Not that the offense is better, but DTR fucking feeds Ninjoku. If it's Flacco, Ninjoku will be just okay. Again, like, Jaguars, not great against tight end. We saw Tanner Hudson have a solid game against them. I just think at this point, David Njoku's in that range where it's like, like, all these guys are like, ah, oh, I kind of have to play them, but again, I'm not in love with them. That's the kind of range he's in. At number 10, we got Cole Komet going up against the Lions. Komet, tight end, 9 last time out up against the Vikings. 7 of 7 for 43. Seems like Justin Fields really has a great rapport. 5G LTE connection with Cole Komet. So up against the Lions defense, that's not the best. I would think he's going to have a better game than last time out against the Lions where he had 3 receptions on 4 targets for 20 yards. Moving now to the C tier, we got tight ends 11 and 12. And this is the final range before things start getting really, really gross, right? Before you're in the fucking mud slinging things, right? Once you get out of the C tier, like, you gotta pray to the fantasy football gods the night before. Maybe throw it to the real gods, too, you know? You could ask, like, fucking Zeus or Hades. I don't know exactly too much about Greek mythology. Hades a bad guy. Maybe he is. Maybe Achilles. Um, Zeus. Fuck, I don't know. I haven't played Smite in a while, so got those guys. Shout out Zeus. My, one of my favorite Dota heroes as well, if you guys uh, ever played Dota. Dota's a real, like, fucking virgin game right there now. I know, because uh, when I was playing Dota, not an ounce of uh, Punani was coming my way. I remember in high school, um, I was talking to this chick, and this is, like, the cringiest thing I've ever said, so I'm going to say this in the tight end video. It doesn't. It's not going to get a lot of views, so this is an under... The, uh, under the rug story. Not a lot of people are going to hear this, but in high school, I was talking to this chick and, um, I was trying to, you know, give her the good old Riz special, the Riz 9000. Again, I know this doesn't work. This was the dumbest thing I've ever said. Like looking back, like I think about this, you ever have a thought where like you're about to go to sleep and then it hits your head and you're like, holy fuck, why did I say that? I can't sleep. This is one of them. Now, obviously looking back, it's like funny, but at the same time, it's like, Nick, what the fuck were you thinking? So I'm playing a game. And I answered her Snapchat from her during the game. And I was like, normally I don't answer Snapchats during my game because I'm so locked in or whatever. I didn't exactly say that. But I was like, you're so special. And I sent it. At the time, I was like, damn, Nick is just fucking, this is like bad in a thousand, right? I'm, I'm about to hit a fucking home run. No, that was like the fucking dumbest thing you could say. Don't say shit like that. Uh, if you're younger, I was, I think, 17 when I said that. Fucking idiot. 17-year-old Nick should have realized he was an idiot. That's why it's good that I didn't make videos back then when I was in high school because I probably would have just sounded like a fucking buffoon. Nick, you sound like an idiot now. I know, but 
I don't know why I ever said that. If you need help talking to women, you could ask me now because I got some some solid game. But back then, dude, I I had no idea what I was saying, and I honestly thought that was good. Like I thought that was like a like a great thing to say, and it wasn't. It was not a good thing to say at all. That definitely did not work. Now at the time, she's like, "Oh, that's so cute." No, it wasn't. That was fucking stupid, and it pisses me off now just thinking about it. So back on into the video. Nick, you just wasted three minutes telling a story. Well, a couple videos ago, I told a story about me playing Red Rover, Red Rover, Come On Over, or whatever that game is, and how I got absolutely hit by a Ray Lewis hit stick by someone in that game. So, you gotta stay till the end of videos to hear random stories, because I think I'm just gonna start telling stories. Because out of nowhere, that story just came to me, right? It wasn't like, like I thought about, hey, I'm gonna tell the story before the video. It was just, I was talking and it came to me. And again, let me know in the comment section if people are thinking the same thing. When they go to try to go to sleep, out of nowhere it just hits them like, oh my god, why did I do this thing when I was like 15? <laughs> when I was 10, why did I say that on the playground, right? I think about that shit all the time. I don't know why it doesn't go away. I have a bad memory, right? Most of my brain is filled with, it's like uh, Spongebob where he's like, I need fine dining and this in, in your brain. He's throwing everything away in his brain. That's me. I got fantasy football. That's like 90% of the brain. 10% of the brain is like funny random references I can make. And the rest is just nothing. It's an oblivion. Nothing. So, good thing that uh, people like watching my videos because otherwise my brain would be useless. Like, you ship that off. Like, you know when guys get like CTE and when they, after they die, their brain gets sent to like the NFL. If you sent my brain to the NFL, like they put something in there and you've got like fucking highlights of football in my brain. That's, that's all the brain's got. It's got a bunch of stats. And that's it. Now, again, I have another good story, but we're going to save that for another video that's about school and about football. If I remember to say it, I will say it in a video coming up because that story is really funny. Not as good as the story I just told, but that story is very funny as well. So Dallas Goddard going up because, again, I don't want to waste your guys' time. And not everyone's going to see this one. And that other story is actually really good, too. So I want to make sure that I can tell that in a different video. All right. Maybe I chose the wrong profession. Maybe I should have been a storyteller, right? Fucking George R. R. Martin, except for not as fat. That fucker needs to hurry up and read the rest of the or write the rest of the Game of Thrones book. But again, we've just spent five minutes talking about something that doesn't make sense. I gotta lock in here. Can't be texting you. <laughs> okay, so Dallas Goddard going up against Dallas. Match made up in heaven. Last time he played Dallas, he got hurt. Hopefully that doesn't happen this time. Goddard's been kind of shit this season. Pretty unreliable compared to what I thought he was, but you can't. Most situations, sit a guy on one of the best offenses in the NFL against a defense that's sustainable fuck i want to use the word again i don't know fuck i don't know i don't know it's actually pissing me off that i don't know but i don't want to keep rambling on fucking we're at yapple bees right now dallas goddard you play him against the the cowboys in most scenarios again the eagles have kind of let down dallas goddard he hasn't been getting as many targets but he's still again a tight end on one of the best teams in the nfl with one of the best quarterbacks in the nfl with one of the best old lines Number 12, we got Likely, Isaiah Likely of the Ravens going up against the Rams. Isaiah Likely is always fool's gold every week, but I'm going to try to take that fool's gold again here up against the Rams because uh, me likely the matchup a lot. Moving now to the D tier again. This is where it's like, fuck it, pray to Zeus, all those guys. Titans 13 through 17 will go quick here. Super fast mode. Ah, shout out, only use me blade prior to before he became like a degenerate fucking drinker. Hope he's okay, though. Doesn't seem like the nicest of guys, but when I was younger, I used to watch him play pot a lot, but. Five targets, three receptions, 64 yards for Brevin Jordan against the Broncos. Jets defense, not good against the tight end. No Dalton Schultz, solid spot for Brevin Jordan. Number 14, Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett's going to get four to five targets every week. He 
he scores a touchdown, you're going to be happy. If he doesn't, he's going to get 30 yards, and you're going to be pissed off. That's why he's tight end 14. At number 15, we got Kyle Pitts. I don't trust Kyle Pitts at all, but we continue to start Kyle Pitts because he's one of the best tight ends in the NFL. The problem is his coach is an idiot, and his quarterback sucks cock. At number 16, we got Kate Otten going up against the Atlanta Falcons. Kate Otten put up a grand total of zero points last week. Zero targets for zero receptions, zero yards. This week against Atlanta, I think he's going to get his normal four or five targets and should finish with about nine points to finish as the tight end 16. At number 17, we got Tanner Hudson. Sounds like the type of a guy that would have like a raccoon cap that would be shooting fucking uh, deer in, or squirrels with like a cap gun, you know what I'm talking about? That's what Tanner Hudson in my head looked like growing up. It's probably not what he looked like, but that's just what I'm imagining. It'd be funny as fuck if like Tanner Hudson actually has a picture of him doing that, but I don't know where he's from. Tanner Hudson River, shout out to the Hudson River. Uh, four targets, four receptions, four for four like he was at when he's for 35 yards against the Jags. See him doing something similar this week to finish as a top 18 guy. Now into the final tier, the E tier. Tight ends 18 through 20. At number 18, we got Tucker Craft, Mac and Cheese going up against the Giants. Actually, a decent amount of targets last week was six. Prior to that, he's normally a two to three target guy. If he gets two to three targets, he needs a touchdown. If he can get six targets, he should be fine without the touchdown. At number 19, we got Chig going up against the Dolphins. Chig has actually been balling over the last two weeks. Like my fellow Mo Bamba, uh, tight end 10 and 13 over the last two weeks. I don't think he's going to do it against the Dolphins, though. Tight end number 20, Tyler Conklin going up against the Texans. Seems like Zach Wilson, the MILF hunter, does like to target him a decent amount. Weather permitting could be a bad spot for the weather, but I think that we see at least six targets for Conklin from MILF hunter Zach Wilson. Thank you guys all so much for watching. If you did end up enjoying today's video, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below as well as hitting that like button. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. If you want to follow my Patreon, $7.50 a month, I give out my weekly rankings. Just updated them before I made this video on Wednesday night. The video comes out Thursday morning. Updated my rankings. There'll probably be another rankings update Saturday night. If not, there will be one Sunday. And if there's one Saturday, there's probably also going to be one on Sunday. So check out the rankings on there. And again, I answer every single question on there. So if you've got any questions, I'm an asshole. I missed your comment. You can join there again. $7.50 a month plus. It's the end of the season, basically. So $7.50 for the rest of the season. That's a brand new prize. Other people had to pay $7.50 since maybe August for the draft ranking. So again, I love you guys genuinely so much. You guys mean the world to me. I really enjoy making these videos every single day. I genuinely do. Like, this is so much fun. I love talking to you guys. I love telling you guys stories. Now, again, there's going to be people that are here just for fantasy. They fucking spam the skip button on that story. There's some people that'd be like, Nick, that was awesome. I'm glad you told me. And there's going to be some people that just don't give a fuck, right? They're just here to have fun. And I appreciate all you guys. Genuinely, I love you guys from deep down the bottom of my heart. We're almost at 31,000 subscribers. If you could have told me when I was young, I was a kid that watched a lot of YouTube videos. Loved YouTube. When I was growing up, I wanted to get 100,000 subscribers. And I thought that would be like playing video games or something. But it's still my dream now to this day. I really want that YouTube play button. And it's not possible without any of you guys. So genuinely, I know we're still very far away. We're like not even one third of the way there. But without you guys, none of this is possible. So I love you guys all so much. If you're new to the channel, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Whether you are new or not, hit that like button. And check out one of the videos on your screen if you haven't seen them already. Love you guys all so much again. Thank you for everything. I'll be live on Sunday prior to Sunday or prior to kickoff on Sunday. So I love you guys. Have a great one. As always, good.